We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Jeffrey Wright joining us as he does every single Thursday morning. All MPW Digital podcast presented by Twisted T. More on them in a little while, but first... The Oxford Exxon are coming to town this weekend. Going to need some tailgating help. Going to be a big crowd for Ole Miss and Arkansas, 6.30 on Saturday night. You can get a couple pounds of pulled pork, get a couple slabs of ribs, dessert, side items, veggies, whatever you need there at the Oxford Exxon, as well as the beer cave to pick up all your alcoholic goodness. 34 degrees inside there. Head in, pick up your alcohol for the weekend, whether you're watching at home or in the Grove. That's the Oxford Exxon. And again, Neil coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Indeed, Clark Ford. Ford, Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. That number, call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright, all other guests join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Jeffrey, quite the uh, the slate, not bad games, but not the best book either this week. If you're uh, trying to pick a bunch of winners, which to do that around us, mostly just fade us. I think you did get back over 500 last week for the week, though. I, I did indeed. Um, I would like to start today's episode. Um, <laughs> listen, gentlemen, sometimes we have to, you know, groupthink can really start uh, in our profession. So sometimes the good ones like us, we have to call out even the people that we respect. Oh, and I quote, okay, I'll admit this one. I'm kind of picking with my heart here a little bit. Yep. Missouri is getting no credit. Why? Because it's Missouri, and that's how the national media works. 
Yep. Luther Burton is a beast. LSU might be a little sleepy. Neil, Missouri is the national media. <laughs> That's a good point. But they don't acknowledge their football team. They do when they win. Forty gets all fanboy when Mizzou starts doing something successful. Suddenly, you're starting. You're you're getting those seven and five tweets all of a sudden out of out of the Missouri (laughs) Mafia. Now, Forty also points out that's why he doesn't give to the athletics or the school; just gives to the journalism department. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Well, they're they're too busy. They're too busy condemning Trevor Bauer for not raping Mm. a girl. Uh, did I miss Molly Knight's apology? You, you've missed it so far, yeah. Hey, by the way, but she she's working for some like fourth tier or something, right? I mean, she's been banished, correct? At yeah, least, well, kinda, yeah. But okay. I mean, she still has she, a lot so of media. She's not with the athletic anymore. No, the athletic had to let her go because I the, athletic, the athletic is very concerned about the potential lawsuit here. No way. You see, you see, Molly had a problem. She doesn't like Trevor Bauer. She didn't like Trevor Bauer, and Molly had it in her mind that Lindsay Hill had suffered a skull fracture during her sexual uh, interlude with Mr. Bauer. And when the attorneys involved in this case found out that she was digging into that, they sent her the medical reports. The medical reports showed that she did not, again, did not have a skull fracture, which is much different than having a skull fracture. And Molly didn't like that, and so she wrote anyway that she had suffered a skull fracture. You know you're doing really well in journalism these days when uh you 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 write for Substack, which I'm not I'm not condemning that at all. Some really smart people write for Substack, but your tweets are protected. Yeah, you you, you have a private Twitter account uh in your in, in your journalism. Well, you'll do know that he voted for Trump, right? He did, and he also yeah. is one of those people that actively, um. Questions some of the climate change stuff. And Molly is very much into climate change. And so she had a podcast titled, and I quote, the president ruined my week. Yeah. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. This it's the point of this that we got into yesterday. And I triggered some people on Twitter. Had Trevor Bauer been apolitical or been or if he were liberal, None of this ever would have happened to him. Okay, so here's where I struggle with this. If you're asking me to believe which side do I believe is most true, I definitely believe Trevor's side is most true because the courts believe that it was most true. Right. I have a buddy, though, that works at MLB. And this is a couple of years ago, like, you know, And his whole point was he's like, do I think he's guilty of this particular accusation? No. But he's like, this was kind of a lifetime achievement award for Bauer. And the other problem that I struggle with is, in the end, it's the owners that are making the decisions. Most of the owners are Republicans and are giving to Republicans. So that's where I... Here's my, pro- here's my problem with that, right? Here's my problem with that. I get it. But if we're going to do this thing in sports, and guys, we cover sports. We're around these people. If we're going to start witch hunting everybody in sports who, who can be kind of shady, we're going to run out of players. I mean, I do agree with you, especially, I mean, good God, look at baseball, look at the domestic abuse stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. I mean, th- th- there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of baseball players who are really good guys. There are also a lot of baseball players who are really rough around the edges. No, I agree with you on that. The other point that he that he was telling me is like the biggest problem that Bauer has is Bauer just doesn't rub media the wrong way. He rubs everyone. Yeah, the wrong he's very way. outspoken. And, but, but but like just no one come, no one was coming to his defense. That's right. what his point was. My thing with him is not that I'm I'm not trying to be a Trevor Bauer stan at all. I am saying that when you get to yeah, a place same way that you when, treat other players. Yeah. If you're going to lose your livelihood because you have opinions, boy, we're getting into a rough spot. Getting well, no, you can spot. have opinion. You can have opinions. They just can't be. They can't, can't be, be the wrong culture. opinion. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, that's that's. I find that to be problematic, and you know, he's got a reputation for being a little rough or whatever. Oh, okay, I get it. I, I, I wouldn't want my daughter to date him. There's a difference between someone's got a reputation for being a little rough and someone's a rapist. The reputation probably led into a lot of the owners not taking the chance on him because they all went, oh, God, but what if? I think I believe him, but what if, right? I think that's probably probably the case. Probably the case. And you wonder whether Major League Baseball, without saying anything, said something. You still know. I don't know. You know, hey, we got to be careful here. This is... We're, that, and that happened in, let's be real, that happened in some really woke times. So 21, 22, we were doing all the. We were peaking, we were peaking sanity. I mean, it's, it's yeah, still right. insane right now, but I still think it's, I think it is better than it was two years ago. I do think we've uh, gotten a little bit of sanity. Now, my fear is the next 13 months are going to, are going to ramp back up. Absolutely gonna be insane hey while we're talking baseball real quick just two things real fast i'll, I'll take the beating here this week chase but we're not talking nba no, no. um the baseball playoffs last night two thoughts struck me all right it's probably the end of the brewers window and i'm not going to be the guy that dances on the grave instead i'm going to say two things one they had a hell of a run and two it just shows you how hard it is to win how fickle it can be from being this team that has kind of dominated a division for the better part of seven, eight years. Yet they just have nothing to show for it at all. And then my other thought was if I'm a Braves fan, that damn scene in Philadelphia last night terrifies me. Oh, I'm, I I don't expect to, I know I'm not the Braves fan. I was 15 years ago. I don't expect to win. Like I'm scared to death of the Philadelphia Phillies scared to death. The one they, does the series start tomorrow? It's still another day, right. right? Because the game threes would have had to have been today, right? Right. Game threes game. are scheduled for today. I didn't know if they moved. I didn't know if they were. It's a great question. Baseball, I want to play as few games on Saturday and Sunday as possible. Yeah, I want to wait till Monday. I'm looking. But I'm see, looking. I actually think if you wait till Monday, that's worse for the Braves. I want. I don't want to have to see Wheeler until like game three. They've got Wheeler and Nola pitching really well now. Game ones are all on Saturday. Yeah, they're just going right to it. I agree with you. I think it's also the that's kind of I think what makes the baseball playoffs so great is that it really does feel like it's just you need a chip in a chair. Like if you can get into the tournament and you get hot. I mean this is kind of what the Phillies did last year. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Cardinals had, whereas the Phillies dominated this, you know, the Phillies controlled the entire, you know, series against the Marlins. The Cardinals are up, I think, 4-1 or 3-1 in game one. And that's the other thing that's very obvious about this format. This format is you win game one, you're you're in the catbird seat. I mean, I think it, I think it was something like all every all four teams this year won, but it was something before that was like eighty percent of them. So it's only going to be even more. The Cardinals were up three one and just had a meltdown in the ninth, and then the Phillies won there, and of course they win game two, and then the Phillies just kind of got hot. I still think though, if you're the Braves. You the one good thing about that is you're getting more games, you're getting more games in I guess not Atlanta, Cobb County than you mm-hmm. are in Philly. There's something about that scene in Philly that I mean, it's like a football atmosphere. It was there was a uh, Stott hit the grand slam last night. Yeah, and I was watching something just a minute ago. They they all they did was just played the Nat sound for those two minutes. My God, it sounded like. Uh, it sounded like Vaught Hemingway last Saturday night. I mean, it was loud. I mean, it was you were like, this is a a wild card game. This, is, this isn't the NLCS. This isn't the World Series. This is a wild card game. That place, there wasn't a seat available and they were jacked. And you're like, whoa. And they got so many guys in their lineup and a couple of arms. And look, I the Braves are better. And I think the Braves will be okay. But all I'll have a say is it would Philadelphia, that scene last night would have me going, oh, God, this is I'm, – I'm going to be a nervous wreck in this five-game series. If I'm a Braves fan, I do take solace in the fact if we can get through their starting pitching, I still don't think their bullpen's great. I think it's a lot like last year. They're just so dependent on so few arms that mm-hmm. if you can that if you can get through what you got to get through, that lineup can rake. And then on top of that, the Braves put so much pressure on you because they're just they're one of the few teams that like truly runs the bases. They play pretty darn good defense. Like I think if you're the Braves, you got to trust. We've been a really darn good team. Like just go play. And I don't get the sense that this this group of the Braves has the, you know, we are Atlanta in them. Oh god, no. They have a ring and they're the best statistical team in a decade. Yeah. I mean, Saturday's yeah, no, no, schedule, no. guys. Uh, all these are game ones. These are central time. Uh, Twins at Orioles at noon Saturday. Uh, Shout out Twins. No, I'm sorry. Texas at, at Texas yeah. is at the Orioles at noon Saturday. The Twins go to Houston, 335 on Saturday. Uh, Philadelphia is at Atlanta at 507 for game one. And then the, uh, the nightcap in baseball, the Diamondbacks are at the Dodgers. That game starts at 820 on Saturday night. Y'all know where I can get some twins gear? <laughs> uh, yeah, MLB. I, I'm for I, I'm for anybody playing the Astros. I, I'm for, I'm for the <laughs> Orioles, Twins. I, so coming into the playoffs, until the Mariners were eliminated the last weekend, I still have a soft spot in my heart for the Mariners. My dad used to rep Oberto beef jerky, and so when I was in second grade, oh, when I was in second grade. We went to a three-game set at the Kingdom. Two of the games were against the Orioles, and one of the games was against the White Sox. In one weekend, I saw Cal Ripken Jr. hit a home run, Griffey hit a home run, and Randy Johnson strike out 19. All in the Kingdom. And so I, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for the Mariners, but once they got eliminated, it then 
I defaulted to, I'm kind of in on the Orioles. The only problem that I have with the Orioles is uh, all their success makes, uh, what's his name, Avalos or not, whatever. It's not, Avalos is the Boise head coach, uh, Angelos. It makes Angelos look better. And I said on my show, I can't remember a human being that I've hated as much as Angelos when I'm reading about him as I did. Like, it's the most I've hated a human being that I don't know since SBF. And that's kind of the the conflict I have with them. But the Orioles story to me is fun. But yeah. then and their just, fans are their fans yeah. are so their fans are good. I remember going to a couple of games there in 2017 and I was there with Carson. And of course, he was decked out in Cubs gear and stuff, and they could not have been nicer. And so I've kind of had a soft spot for him. So I'm happy for them, but I agree with you. I hate their owner. And then it's just anybody but the Astros. <laughs> yes. yes. Don't be surprised. And we'll switch to football right now, but don't be surprised if the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers. Don't be don't be surprised at all. I found myself pulling for the D-backs last night for whatever reason. Like, yeah, I was I was I was, I was kind of for Arizona in that game. They're red they hot the, and, and they got good like pitching and, and and they're young and and the Dodgers have issues, guys. Pitching, they got issues. I'm just typically I I, I root against the teams that just buy teams. Well, yeah, because you're a St. Louis fan, y'all do it the right way. We, we won with class. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> yep. It's the sixth tool. Y'all don't know how to yeah. scout it. We do. Yeah. I'm just glad Adam Wainwright maybe, got Maybe we don't know how to scout it as well as we used to. Just glad the family got a dog. Considering, I am Considering so about how, of like the last big trades we had, about half of them we've sent out are either all-stars or like Cy Young Award winners, <laughs> MVP candidates. We yeah, it's been won. a minute since like the Jason Marquis days where he sucked as a Brave yeah. and suddenly he's an all-star as a Cardinal. It's like, where the hell did that come from? It's still the, uh, the gold standard though is Jeff Weaver, right? Yes. 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 Or Jared Weaver. Yeah, Jared, not Jeff. Yeah. Jared, yeah. When Weaver, we left for dead, and all of a sudden puts those birds on the bat on his chest, and all of a sudden he's a 20-game winner again. So we'll start there, but we've already made fun of Neil a little bit. LSU minus 6.5 at Missouri, 11 a.m. Look, Missouri has the scout. They beat Kansas State. It's a good team. Missouri doing really well under Drinkwitz. I just can't – I just don't think they're stopping LSU. Like, I, I just think in some ways we are now undervaluing LSU even despite that ridiculous defense. I think they just want a shootout. I mean, I just don't know that Missouri is going to score into the high 40s to beat LSU. I, this game terrifies me because – Case, you were involved at Hemingway Stadium on I, Saturday. You just got through looking at that defense with your own binoculars. I watched you watch them. Missouri putting up 50, though, on Saturday? Chase Ole Miss like left like maybe ten yards <laughs> available. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean That's Arkansas. They, our, they Arkansas punted, scored thirty something points. They punted once. They kicked two field goals. That was at least sixty something yards. They probably left a hundred out there. Yeah. See. Yeah. Tops. Absolute tops. They only scored on nine of twelve possessions. That is maybe my favorite stat is possible yards relative yes. to, to to actual yards. That 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 might be my favorite stat in football. Well, I mean, my, the, my point is not that Missouri is going to score fifty, but let's not act like Missouri couldn't score fifty. That 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 defensive backfield was lost all day. Uh, my and, favorite, and, and as Jeffrey points out, Kelly goes, "I don't know, just play better." Same dudes. Yeah, I, I watched I watched this post game, and 
he doesn't have answers in the de- in the defensive backfield because he's they're banged up, and then you have the horrible situation with Brooks. But he's like, guys, there's no, we're not getting new players this week. He's like, this is what we've got. He's like, we got to get them to play better. And I I don't know how you get them to play better. The thing that's really shocking to me though is. I don't understand how they are getting so little pressure. That's true. I, I got a theory. They don't care. A couple of dudes are starting to make business decisions. What is Mason Smith a junior? Uh, I'm not sure. I think so, right? And Wingo certainly is. Perkins still has another year. I don't know. That, that, that was the thing I said with Chase post game because he's like, you know, what, what did you make of the Ole Miss offensive line? It's like, I, I thought they were good enough. Like, I, Red shirt sophomore for Mason Smith. So he is draft eligible. That is correct. I mean, the thing that just really blew me away was, I mean, they made a few plays, but for the most part, you just didn't really worry about it. I mean, to me, it's a matter of, like, this game is terrifying to me because at a certain point, I do think, like, if you look at Missouri, Cook is playing well. But he's still not like he still misses plenty of throws. How many throws did Jackson miss last week? Like just miss. He underthrew a couple. That was it. His deep ball has struggled and he underthrew a couple. Yeah, that's and his deep ball struggles because he just doesn't have a like an amazing arm. Right. It, it, again, like I'm not like LSU is going to give up points. They're going to lose more football games. They're not whatever. And I'm, I mean, and I'm going to do this on another team in a minute, even more strong. I just we're putting a lot on Missouri winning that rivalry game or whatever the hell you want to call it against Kansas State. We're putting a lot on that game. Yeah, but again, but it's they, there. They're five and zero. I get it. No, no, they're they're five and zero. The thing is, they have they have like Ole Miss getting Harris back was huge, but Trey still doesn't look like he did. You know, pre knee, whatever it is. I don't know if no, it's sure. meniscus. I have no what, whatever it is. He's, he still has a knee brace. Correct. Like Missouri's got weapons. Like Burden's a stud. And if Ole Miss could scheme guys open, Missouri's gonna be able to scheme guys open. But I do. I I'm picking Missouri in this one, just because I'm like, give me the points, because I think it's gonna be the same thing. I think it's gonna be another shootout. And so I'm like, just give me the points. But this does feel like the, you know, week-to-week thing. You see LSU the week before, and they couldn't stop anything. But maybe that was Ole Miss, like, emptying the clip and playing their best game that they've played, honestly, in two years, right? Yeah. At least. Best maybe game they, maybe, they've maybe the best game they've played under Kiffin. Offensively, it's the best game they've played under Kiffin. And I like I know you can make the Ole Miss defense jokes. Can we also acknowledge the amount of talent that is on that LSU offensive end is insane. It is. The one thing I'm just going to say about the Ole Miss defense, the people said this from week one, and it's been proven accurate. And Tyler used a, a word that got everybody worked up. The better word, and Pete used it, so I'm going to go with this one. Slow. 
Yeah, that's I what I mean, like, I don't mean like their molasses the slow. They're just kind of slow. They don't have that they don't have that elite SEC speed that really good defenses have. They they're they're better positioned. They're clearly better coached. They're in better position. They 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 take better angles, all that stuff. But they don't have the dude on the defensive front that you have to account for. They don't have the linebacker that just goes sideline to sideline making plays. And while they're getting pretty decent safety play, they don't have that safety who just closes on you, who just makes plays back there, who terrifies people. They're they're okay at corner, pretty good at corner. But they're not – you don't watch them and go, man, that is a fast defense, the way that you do about Alabama, for example. No, and I don't think they're as physical uh, as other defenses are. But, uh, you know, I watched Memphis score on Missouri. If Memphis can score on Missouri, I do think LSU can. I again, I'm picking Missouri just because I think LSU might be on quit watch because that first game back after you've lost everything to play for, that one is always a big one to me. But I mean, I I got to me like Missouri does feel like a very trendy underdog. The 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 fallout in Baton Rouge would at least be interesting to watch if that LSU team with all those expectations three and three at the break after losing to Mizzou on Saturday. Dear well, God, like my whole deal is, do I think Brian Kelly is an upgrade from Ed Orgeron? No duh. They were what nine and four, and then they won their bowl game, so ten and four. Isn't that just LSU? Yeah, and you know what? Going back last year, you look at it, that Alabama win, and it was a big win, that Alabama win kind of band-aided a lot of stuff where you couldn't yeah. see. This, like they, they went up to Arkansas, guys, and played it's an back Arkansas up. team that, back that, didn't, yeah, that didn't have K.J. Jefferson and should have lost. It was a well, late fourth quarter. A and M didn't just beat them, Chase. They beat the shit out of them. Yeah. So did Tennessee at home. That's right. Yeah, early That's in the right. year, Tennessee boat raced them the day that Ole Miss played at Vanderbilt. Um, any just quick thought? I'm not gonna spend much time on it, but Oklahoma plus five and a half against Texas in the Cotton Bowl at 11 a.m. on Saturday. I mean, I think the, I think the Red River Shootout is the classic. Forget numbers. Forget anything like that game just gets nuts like to me this is pretty clear i would play texas but to me it's like i'm either playing texas or i'm playing like oklahoma on the money line and i'm taking texas here because i trust yours more than i trust gabriel but this is just the ultimate game of like i don't know you can never explain it i've watched this game for i don't know 30 something years and it's like it never makes sense it does feel like the biggest red river in a really long time. And I think though, that's because Oklahoma for the most part has done their job, but this feels like the first Texas team that's coming in since like Colt McCoy that makes this game feel pretty big. Y'all buy that. I think that's like the where Texas is. Oklahoma is finally looks like an upstart a little bit to get things back tracked. Like Oklahoma has done exactly what they're supposed to like. Yeah, uh, they beating anyone good? I don't know, but like they're beating the crap out of them, I, and I don't ignore that. I just think Texas has a little bit too much up front. Like I, I just think like if this becomes like a a battle of talent, I think Texas has the better talent. Yeah, 
I, I think I'm a bit of a curmudgeon this week. I'm just like a little, little edgy or whatever, and I kind of like want, want the the upstarts to be knocked down a peg. I, it's kind of been my theme. I did a little bit with Missouri with LSU. And then Maryland plus 19 at number four, Ohio State. Uh, he's Maryland has made Neil a ton of fake money. And McCready and Siski, he's been riding the Terrapins as he should and done a hell of a job with it. They're getting a ton of points here. And for some reason, I just feel like Ohio State is going to completely set them down. I'll give Maryland credit. They've beaten everyone they're supposed to beat. They've beaten them badly. But their schedule to date is Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, Michigan State, and Indiana. That's a murderer's row right there, Parham. Why don't you chill out? I mean, out? my God in hell. They've played Take no one. Gummy. Relax. Come on. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm edgy. I'm, I'm I'm admitting it, but I'm like, no, the hell, the hell with this. Come on, it's Maryland. They're fine. Lox is good coach, Again, but shut up. I'm, I'm with Chase here. I feel like I've seen this with Maryland. Like, I feel like this happens like every three years where they they start off really hot and then they go and play like a big Big Ten team and they, like it's thirty five to nothing at half. Both of Neil took the nothing. points. But I, mean, like, I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't take it, McCready and Siski, though, did you? I did not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, do y'all? I don't know. Like, I don't trust Kyle McCord yet. So, like, I, I don't know. But allegedly, I mean, my, my allegedly, guess is Maryland can lose a seventeen-point game and cover it. That's that was my, okay. my logic. I think so. You're, you're not going you're, money line on the Terps on Saturday. Hell no. Well, you're banking there that that Maryland uh, plays a full sixty minutes. Yeah, and that Ohio State gets a little sleepy once it builds a lead. And look, uh, Talia has played really well. All, all jokes aside, he's, he's a good quarterback. They and they do a really and the good best job defense coaching that him. he has played is Indiana, probably. Yes. But I guess my point is they they don't ask him to do a lot of things that he can't do. They do a good job with him. That that guy's done a really good job with that program. Maryland. No, I agree. Just, no, yeah. there's no question that he's they're done. Gonna a great go, they're going to go eight and four, maybe nine and three, and play in a pretty decent bowl game. And if you're Maryland fans, you're probably pretty happy. The Western Michigan Broncos invading Starkville, 11 a.m. on Saturday morning, SEC Network for this bad boy, opposite of LSU, Missouri, and Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, 21 and a half is the line on this one. I'm just sticking with the system. The system says, is Mississippi State playing Fatum? Yes. I will admit my my brain says, with, as, with the atmosphere down in Starkville, that if Mississippi State can run it up, they will. Um, but the system says, hey, listen, I got it. Listen, when, when it comes up, you just got to play the system. And the system says, we are taking the Broncos, even though they run a wildcat offense. It's a lot of points. Western Michigan's going to run the clock. It's all that stuff. I mean, I, I think Will Rogers throws for like 380 yards here, and they actually score a lot of points. What but, does State have next week? I didn't even look. I don't know. Beats me. I'll look them up. Does it matter? Well, like if they if they're like do they like do they have a game that is they go winning? uh their open date then they go to Arkansas in two weeks okay I don't hate actually taking the points if open dates next week because if state is banged up like it appeared they were Saturday night this might be the old let's get healthy. I mean, look, you can easily make the argument that State has one more win after Saturday unless they look much better than we expect. They can easily lose in Fayetteville. They go to Auburn. That's losable. He can get that one. He's going to have that circle, not like Ole Miss, but circled enough. Kentucky, A&M, Southern Miss, Ole Miss. Not a lot there. Good luck. 
Yeah. I mean, the, their I mean. problem is they do nothing well. They have found a way to make Rodgers a little more comfortable in whatever the hell it is Arnett's doing offensively. But they're, they're like, they're like running some, they're added some air raid stuff to go with out of it. pro sets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both you guys, your Pac-12 game this week, number 13, Washington State, plus three at UCLA, 2 p.m. Pac-12 Network. I know it's on the road, but I really like Cam Ward here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's electric. Uh, if you haven't watched him play, he is he is as fun to watch as anyone. I just think that I'm just sticking with my Pac-12 rules. Like, what's best for the Pac-12? For Washington State to be good and for them to play big, high-profile games, UCLA has already lost. Therefore, give me UCLA. It's also ranked team versus unranked team, and the ranked team the un, the ranked team is getting points. So I usually just always take the unranked team that's laying them. I'm good with that. <laughs> Only two of us taking Alabama minus three and a half at A and M. The Aggies very much trendy to give uh, the Tide its second loss of the season. Two thirty CBS just, three and a half. I've watched these two teams a lot, and I mean. <laughs> I think they've got the wrong team favored. Well, maybe I'll, and if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll it won't I mean, be the, to your, be the to one millionth time. So I'll, I'll I'll own it again. To your point, the line I don't the live line whatever. Right now the line's at one and a half. So that thing's already moved. That thing's already moved. It's crossed three. I don't know. This game to me really becomes a question of one and a half. Can A and M make Milro? Beat them from the pocket and on the intermediate stuff, not just, you know, chunking deep balls. And the other question that I have is, can A&M block Alabama? Yeah, because if they can, they're going to win. Correct. Chase, you love money lines as an indicator. The mm-hmm. Texas A&M money line right now is plus 100. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's just even money. I mean, essentially, this game is a borderline pick em. I mean, Vegas is, Vegas is not going to let you, it's cutting its losses and going, I'm just calling this whatever. This is not where we're going to get popped. It's fair. Alabama's minus 120. Okay. So good value on A&M right there. I mean, no value on A&M, sorry. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, to me, A&M has the better receivers. They have the better weapons. If Wegman were there, like, I don't even really hesitate. Like, I, I, know, I know we're doing the whole Alabama's finding it thing, and I've been very clear. I said this after Ole Miss played them. That defense is legitimate. Like, I think I think that front is criminally underrated. They maul people. But A&M's front's pretty damn good, too, and I'm not sure Alabama can block A&M. So here's, what I, here's the thing I come to. If you watched Texas A&M the last couple of weekends, they have been so disruptive on offense. I know we're going to talk about Arkansas Miss in a minute. Arkansas's offensive line is horrid. That being said, you rarely see an SEC game where a defensive line is that disruptive for four quarters to the point that there was just nowhere for K.J. Jefferson to go. K.J.'s played a lot of football in this league, and he's he's dealt with dirty pockets before. That was something different for him. He couldn't, there was nowhere for him to go. He couldn't look downfield. That defensive line is going to give Alabama fits. And I mean, nothing, against, nothing against Jalen Milrow, but Milrow's 
not as experienced as Jefferson. I, I'm not as convinced that he's going to be able to handle that at all. And they they that that's going to be a different environment at at College Station. They're going to be jacked. They're not scared of Alabama. They beat them two years ago. They damn near beat them last year. Well, in Milrose's first start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is a big road game for him. I mean, to me, this is a matter of can A and M get ahead? Because if A and M can get ahead, and you make Alabama have to throw it to come back on you, I really like A and M. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, Alabama's got to play from front end. Look, I don't. There's a difference. I don't know that there is, Alabama's finding it. I think they are developing an identity, which is different. That doesn't mean the identity is good enough to win a ton of games. It just means they don't look as scattershot as they did earlier in the year. I mean, I, what did he there's finish? I, I mean, I remember looking up in the third quarter, and Milro had thrown eight passes. Yeah, I know. There's uh, <laughs> no reason to spend look much at, time on this. Well, look at A and M's. Look at A and M's loss this year. Mm-hmm. It was Miami. And Tyler Van Dyke was hot as a pistol. Yep. And they got a special teams or defensive touchdown, too. They got a kick return. And, like, other than that, A&M's been pretty darn good this year. They have. No, no doubt. It's a really it, – it, you get a really good slate early as far as just, like, games and then 230 that's really interesting there, level on A&M. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um. Vanderbilt plus 19 and a half at Florida, 3 p.m. SEC Network, whatever. Vanderbilt's changed quarterbacks. I know it's Graham Mertz in Florida, but I'm not taking Vanderbilt to cover a football game until they do. It's the system. Go Gators. I mean, for the record, like Florida, I don't think Florida's good. Like, Florida's not as bad as they were against Kentucky, but like, (laughs) the only part of this was like, I was thinking about it's like, I've got Florida 38 17. I was thinking, like, wait a minute, can Florida score 38? And then I went and looked. Everyone other than Alabama A&M has gotten into the mid-30s against Vandy. So, yeah, they'll probably. They probably will. They okay. got whipped. And whipped. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorable punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. So whether you're tailgating, 
at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. I'm staying with our system here. Um, of Georgia can't score enough points, but I'm with I'm, I'm with Jeffrey, maybe incredibly so. This might be my hot take of the week that everybody beats me up on on Saturday. Number 20, Kentucky, plus 17 at number one, Georgia, 6 p.m. ESPN. Now, look, Georgia's not great offensively. Carson Beck has been as average as average can be for the most part. But we're admitting that Florida sucks and is not very good outside of whatever stranglehold mentally they have on Tennessee. Are we not crowning Kentucky a little here, guys? I mean, Ray Davis has had a hell of a season. I'm, 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 I'm guessing they can lose a two-touchdown game. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt, and Florida is their schedule to date. Now, look, they can earn it the next three, four weeks. Georgia, okay. Missouri, Flip Tennessee, side. and Alabama for the next five weeks. Flip side of that, who's Georgia played? Well, I agree, but I know what t- Georgia's talent level is defensively, at least. Yeah. I know, I'm not now, saying I mean, Georgia's going to make the playoff or win the national title. I just I mean, Georgia's in a tie game with a bad Auburn team last Saturday. Yeah, I know, no doubt. I mean, you know that it's not like Georgia's played world beaters, South Carolina. No, 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 sure. I mean, Kirby's doing that deal where oh, everybody in the SEC should be ranked, and you're like, shut up, come on, stop all that. That's spin. Kirby's spinning halfway through the season tells me he thinks he's got an L coming somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think though he knows he's he can't afford one. I know. I think, I think it, there's, it, it, but he's preparing the message just in case. So, I was trying to think like, okay, if you compare this team to last year, like what are the what are the big differences? And well, I had an experienced quarterback, and then last year they were healthier at running back. They had dudes who could just go run for you, and they don't have that guy right now. They're kind of beat up there. They're they're very they pedestrian more, at running back. They were more explosive. But the other big thing is their defense is still really good. It is not what it was last year. And Jalen Carter is wrecking NFL offensive lines. The problem that I see with Kentucky here is Kentucky has not been able to get the passing game going. And if you're going to, if you're going to threaten, like last week in the Auburn game, it's 27-20, 14 of the points came directly off like Georgia turnovers inside, inside their own territory. Like they gave them 14. I just don't trust that Kentucky is going to be able to line up and run it down their throat. With that said, I am also considering the possibility, like, what if Georgia's not that good? Because to yeah, Neil's point, Jason, this game, not and by not that good, I mean, still a top. Yeah, relative know, to their level, sure. Like, they're just not the death star that they've been the last two years. Like, what, what if that's the case? And, you know, to Neil's point, the line opened at 17. It's already down to 14 and a half. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Georgia just chokes them out and wins a game like 24 to 10 or something. Okay, sure. Never in doubt. Maybe it looks like that 09 Alabama Ole Miss game that was like 22 to 3 or whatever it was. 
the scoreboard was close. And then if you were if you were watching the game, you're like, they have no chance. The one thing I'll say is that Jeff Collins was at that Auburn Georgia game Saturday at Jordan Hare. And I could just tell by the things that he said that there are warning signs going off about the Bulldogs. Just didn't Kentucky. like their Go ahead, Jack. No, sorry. Just didn't like their offense. And 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 he was like, you know, look, Bowers is the best player on the field, and Bowers won the game. But they don't run it like they used to run it. And when you're defending them, you don't have to sweat the running game the way that you have in the past, where they always had a couple of guys back there who maybe they didn't do it every day, but you had to prepare for them knowing that they were game breakers, that if they got to the second level, it was bye-bye. They don't really have that guy right now. And so you can play them differently. So if you compare their offense to last year, yards per play, it was 7.2 to 6.9. So pretty pretty similar there, basically seven yards of play. Yards per rush, though, last year they averaged five and a half per rush. This year it's only 4.4. But almost every other number is basically the same. They averaged 40 points a game. They're averaging 36 this year. I'm trying to pull up the defense, though, because the defense, I think, is where like they've gone from being like an unbelievable defense to you, you can kind of move it a little bit on. Them. And Auburn ran it on them. So does South yeah. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of it, those like quarterback runs. See, like That's my problem. If if you told me Devin Leary. Like, I just don't know if lining up and running power against them and running counter like if that's going to work like Auburn did a lot of quarterback run and then South Carolina put some pressure on with quarterback run but I am completely open to the possibility that that maybe Georgia is exactly what they've shown us we have obviously talked about Ole Miss and Arkansas all week 12 and a half on this line Jeffrey I got one more thing after this game so we'll be fast here but just anything over overarching with our with the hogs and rebels I don't know. Like I, I know Arkansas is banged up, but I don't know. I, I've just watched this game far too often in my life, and I'm just sitting there going, "I think Ole Miss is going to win, but they're going to take." I'm I'm taking the points. Yeah. In the last ten, Arkansas's nine and one against the spread. I went back to 1995. Ole Miss is just eight and twenty ATS, four and eleven as a favorite. I, I think Ole Miss just knows like it's. Like I, I went and covered uh, last last week. MUS played Father Ryan, and it, to me, it's like a similar type game in which we just came off beating Insworth for the first time in school history. Massive win. We have fall break open date coming up this week, and we were just we were so we were dead asleep, and I, I just feel like Ole Miss is kind of in like that spot where you're just trying to get to the open date and get through it. And I just think I'd rather have the points because I do like part of the problem with Arkansas last week is they like Pittman in his third quarter interviews like we we can't we can't run it on them we can't do this I think Arkansas is probably gonna be able to run it all in this I mean Arkansas played a very similar game to LSU that Ole Miss played it wasn't near it wasn't quite as high scoring but it was still in the second half it was the same thing it was that yeah, it was back, back and, and forth. forth like kind of who got ball last. I've got 
Ole Miss winning by 17, and if you told me I was off, I would tell you Ole Miss won by 27 or more. I, I, I've i I've watched Arkansas now three times, and I just – their offense is weird. Jefferson's not comfortable. Their line's not good. Now they're revamping the line. They lost the tight end. The tight end's a really good player. Luke Haas, the freshman, he was he was legit. Um, he didn't play like a freshman. He looked like he looked like the next Brock Bowers out there, and he's gone. I, I just I think this has if unless Ole Miss is just sleepwalking, I think this has a real chance of being a blowout. This is the second biggest, like as far back as I could chart it. It's the second biggest line for Ole Miss in this series. What was bigger? Uh, it was se- It was seventeen. It was the year that they won. I want to say it was maybe Chad Moore, the Chad Morris last uh, year, and this won by like ten. Okay. Yeah, nineteen. So Jeffrey, what? I mean, I only got like two minutes with you. What the hell is going on with the New York Football Giants? We can't block. Like I know it's super. No, easy. Evan Neal said. I mean, get off the haters. He's he's good. It's all good. Gonna figure it out. I mean, there is a reason why I told y'all at the start of the season. Like, if you're looking for the team that made the playoffs last year that to fade, like it's the Giants, because yeah. everything really broke right last year. But like, I know it's really fun and convenient to blame Daniel Jones. But I mean, he has been he has been pressured. I think it's ten times more than the next closest quarterback. The you know at left tackle. I mean, there's been two games where they've given up 19 sacks. Like that's really tough to do. You can't block anyone. And then on defense, the only way that they can get any pressure is to blitz, and they don't get pressure a lot. And so they can't block anybody. They can't stop anybody. And then when your best offensive weapon is always hurt and your entire offense is built around Saquon and he's not out there, like this is what it looks like. I mean, they they don't do anything well. Is it a multi-year issue? going to be a while? Well, I mean, yeah, because now they're in this weird, what do you, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, they paid Daniel. It's like, if you look at the contract, like they gave him a bunch of money for playing well last year, but it's not like they are long-term committed to him. But the problem is, you know, I, I don't know how you fix quarterback because you're not going to be as bad as the Bears. You're probably not going to be as bad as the Panthers. It's like you're just going to be sitting there. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. Who are y'all talking to today? Uh, let's see. So we've got our... Our, our we've got our member guest coming up this weekend, so we're doing our picks that I normally do on Friday. I'm doing them today, uh, and then we'll talk to Hasseltine in the afternoon. Grizzlies had media day, and you know, I still think I, even I who like the NBA, like it still feels early for like going all in on the NBA. But like you know, well, that's the job. That is I mean, Josh Giddy, Josh Giddy said Usman Jang has gained 30 pounds and looks awesome, and I'm I'm getting my NBA Finals reservations right now. Ready I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I actually left Grizzlies Media Day. I left with a better view of the Grizzlies, I think, than I had coming in. Like, I do think Smart and Derrick Rose are going to be – like, Smart's going to be an on-court and off-court addition, 
I do think Derrick Rose is going to be very helpful for what they need in the locker room. He's their new Udonis Haslam. Oh, I'll buy that. Did you sleep a little better this week, Jeff, before you go? Mm, no. Not so much? No. Okay. No. Last night well, was a, you know, a breakdown in coverage. Oh, we we looked like LSU secondary. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Get through today. We'll talk to you Saturday, bud. Jeffrey Wright there joining us as he uh, as he always does. Uh, this was on the message board yesterday, but Ole Miss hit with uh, $175,000 worth of fines after um, the game on Saturday against LSU. It was 100000 for the field storming and then 75000 for throwing, I think, what they called debris on the field in the fourth quarter after the uh, the touchdown was ruled a touchdown after review. Uh, it was quite debris. Debris, good word. Good with that. There was quite a bit of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100000 actually, the new rule has it going to LSU. You pay the team that you've rushed the field against now for your penalty in the uh, – Oh. In that. So hundred grand to LSU and then seventy five grand to – I think it's like SEC postgraduate scholarships or something. For, no, 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 sorry. That is uh, – it's for it, – it's deducted from your mm-hmm. TV rights package. So the league 50-something million, they'll take 75000 from you for that one. Yes. Just pay I mean, for I, a new I, luxury I, I, courtesy car. I don't want to be old man yelling at clouds, but the field storming <laughs> is dangerous. Oh, it's very dangerous. Sure. It's, you know, the, the, you get guys, there's a lot of alcohol, and the, the football teams, with the exception maybe of the 2011 Ole Miss team, they, they, they aren't drinking, and there is a difference. And for the 14 team the night before the Peach Bowl. Well, that's true. That was more hungover. I mean, if, okay. if you told me the 2011 team was actively drinking on the sideline, I would buy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, who, I, I listen. Nothing was nothing was out of bounds for that that group. Uh, but bad things happened. People got hurt. There was damage. People were jumping onto the field. It was they bad. were very lucky one of the canopies stayed where it was. It could have been much worse. Yeah. Could have it could have been a tragic kind of thing. Yes. So yeah, I mean this is one I, I get it. The 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 SEC the SEC's problem with the debris, if you will, is that I would have an easier time going, okay, sure. If they would admit that hey, the call was bad. We missed yeah. a call. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the English sure. Premier League. They they had a, a Tottenham Liverpool game recently where they call it VAR video review something whatever and they missed it. Uh, Liverpool had a goal taken away from them. It was called offsides. He was not offsides. It was an egregious miss, and they suspended the officiating crew and admitted that the call was wrong. Okay, accountability. No one's saying be perfect. Just own it a little. You missed it. Okay. It happens. I mean, I question how it happened, but it happened. Own it. No. And then, and we're not going to fine you, but hey, y'all really don't need to throw stuff because someone could get hurt. And someone could absolutely get hurt from a thrown object that far in the stands. And someone could get hit in the temple and it could do damage to a completely innocent person down on the field. So I get that. But own it a little bit. 
just just a shred. That's the, mm-hmm. the part of the SEC that I don't know why it's so hard to well, go. Officials in general know they can't talk. They are above football. No, they are not part of the game. Like, oh, come you on. missed the call. It happens. It happens. It's okay. Just own that you missed the call. Because instead, you do this thing where you double down on everybody and you feed these conspiracy theories that thank Jesus we're not dealing with all week because I would have literally curled up in a ball by this point. <laughs> I, I would just be done. Where the league had predetermined that Ole Miss was going to lose and blah, 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 and stuff I don't believe, but own that you missed the call. You missed it. You missed it. I don't know why. I don't know how. But you missed it. I think they missed it because they didn't look at it all the way to the ground. I think they were so focused on his foot that they didn't spend as much time noting that the ball ball. moved after the foot. I don't, I think it was, I don't think it was a sinister mistake. I don't. Well, the two things there is if you're literally in booth review, that is the most egregious miss of all time because you're just staring at the play in booth review and doing your job. Two, it's and I think I don't I blame the I don't blame the official on the field. He was looking yeah, whatever. at whatever. That's fine. He was looking at the foot, and the foot got in. Yeah, I have no problem with so, on the field. That's why he made the call. The uh, the other thing too is the officials change. Some of them use it the way that everybody's talked about, which is you have to have indisputable evidence to change the call, and then some some of the booth officials simply just completely relitigate the call and and take a guess at review too. So it creates this uneven situation of depending on who's in the booth of what the review rule even is the way they are implementing it at that point. It's 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 kind of the craziest thing. So, yeah, agreed. Anyway. I just, I don't I don't know why the league struggles with with that the way that it does. I, it 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 can have a hard time just owning something, anything. NFL tonight: Bears at Commanders. That is a, a six point spread. In favor of Washington, a money line of two twenty-five. If you'd like to jump on the Bears tonight to win a road game there in the uh, in the DC area, I don't think I do. I think I like Washington to to handle this one. So, I mean, I like sports and I like football. <laughs> I do, but I. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I like. I, Neil, scale of one to ten, how interested are you in that game? I'm not even sure, Chase, that I get to a one. Okay. Like, do I even have the energy to grab the remote and hit the power button to get and, to that? And you got to go to Amazon to do it. Yeah. See, that's. And so, if I go to Amazon, the whole Jack Ryan thing's going to be there. I'll be like, well, which would I rather watch? Uh-huh. And it's, oh, I'd rather watch Jack Ryan. You get a good London game, 8.30 on a Sunday morning. It is uh, the Jags and the Bills in London. Yeah. Oh, so, good thrilled. That's, that's a gift. That's five a and gift a half. The guards. Five and a half, the Bills giving the Jags in that one. Yeah, that's a gift. I can I can knock 10 thoughts out while I watch Jags-Bills be done by noon. Atlanta at home against Houston, one and a half. C.J. Stroud has played good football. They are that that, that is a that is a franchise that sucks, but they have done a really good job with him so far this season. Um, they they made a couple of good draft picks, and they they hired a good coach, and they're doing it the right way. And maybe, yeah. 
Detroit minus 10 against Carolina in Detroit. The uh, Colts plus two and a half at home against the Titans. They say that Jonathan Taylor was in the facility yesterday, but nobody saw him. He ducked the media. No idea when he's going to play or not play for the Colts. That is a train wreck of an organization. It is, but I've watched the Colts a little bit. And I kind of like what I see with Anthony Richardson. He looked good last week in the comeback against the Rams. They lost, but he played well. I like his body language. I like his I like his face. I think they did a smart thing bringing in Gardner Minshew. I kind of kind of like what they're doing with him. They got a lot of issues. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of like what I see with him. The Giants in Miami on uh Sunday noon for this one. The Dolphins giving 11 to the G-Men. It's a matter of of whether Miami just feels like it or not. Game of survival in Foxborough this weekend. My New Orleans Saints at the Patriots. The Patriots giving one point to the Saints. Just give me the under. No one's going to score. I was going to say I love the under here, even though it's only 40 points. Yeah, you can get it 40 and a half right now on one book, 40 everywhere else. Oof. Dude. Two teams that just can't score. No, bad offensive football there. And a lot of talk about Belichick and like how Robin uh, Robert Kraft kind of kind of handles it and what he does. I mean, because you're not firing Bill Belichick, but at the same time, it's leaking pretty good. You know, I saw the Patriots in Vegas last December. And they were really pedestrian. That's what really struck me. They were just pedestrian. They, they, they're an NFL team, so they have NFL players, and so they, they play good football. But there was nothing about them that reminded me of some of the playoff teams that I've seen in person before. They were just there. They were six, a 6-10 six and ten team, 6-11, and 7-10, whatever it was. And I'm not sure they're that good this year. Baltimore against Pittsburgh. Steelers getting four at home against the Ravens on Sunday. It's a noon game for that one. The uh, afternoon game start with the Bengals at the Cardinals. Feels like a very important game for the Bengals. Minus three there in Arizona on Sunday. Got a uh, sneaky good game here. I I actually think this could be very close. Philadelphia at the Rams on Sunday. Oh, I think that's a good game. That feels that feels like the Rams might get one right there. Philadelphia has not put a complete game together. Played better last week. Um, that's that's one to watch there. Eagles the Rams still undefeated. Have, Rams have played okay. Stafford's helped. Well, the only thing about Stafford is that he was limping off the field pretty bad last week. Philadelphia giving four in this one. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I'd touch that. The Jets in Denver on Saturday. Denver giving one to Zach Wilson and the Jets. Whatever. No interest. <laughs> Uh, Kansas City at Minnesota. Kansas City giving four to the Vikings on su- on Sunday. This is oh. in the Twin Cities. Taylor be there? Uh, I have not seen any confirmation of that. I don't know. She's not back on tour yet. She doesn't start back on tour for another two a week or two. I don't know which one it is. Maybe it's one week. And then uh, Dallas at San Francisco is our night game. 49ers giving three and a half to the Cowboys in San Fran. That's a hell of a game. I kind of I- I don't I don't hate the Niners there. No, I don't either. Not at all. Three and a half is a good number for that one at home. 
And then your Monday night game, Green Bay and Vegas. Green Bay giving one point to Las Vegas. So that is your NFL slate for the week. Again, Major League Baseball competing directly against uh, the NFL and college football this weekend. Well, frankly, on Sunday, what you just described to me, I'd rather watch the baseball. Yeah, I think if your team's not – I mean, especially if you have a couple TVs, just throw one on red zone and turn some baseball on and hang out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the play. Let's see if the start times on Sunday. Do we have them for baseball? Yeah, I've got them. I don't know. Yeah, I've got them here. Three, seven, and five. No, sorry, only two games though on Sunday. The two American League games are playing on Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'd Three rather watch seven. I'd rather watch Orioles Rangers than the NFL slate you just described. Now, Twins Astros going up against Cowboys Niners is going to be a haul. That's gonna get. That's a. That's they're gonna get killed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the place you want to be. But no, you're, I think you're right. Rangers Orioles. Well, I mean, I'll put one TV on Red Zone and I'll put one TV on Rangers Orioles, and I think I'll be generally pleased with myself. And on Saturday, Rangel, Rangers Orioles going head to head with Oklahoma Texas. Oh yeah. They have no choice. There is a. Uh, there is a concert in Baltimore on Saturday night that they have to get out of there for Camden Yards. Oh. Or maybe, I don't know if it's Camden Yards or where the Ravens play, but either way, they need the parking or the situation or something. So the baseball had to be earlier in the day. Yeah, if you've never been to Baltimore, um, the Raven Stadium is right down the street from Camden Yards. So I'm assuming it's at the football stadium. But they either ass- way, they that essentially is the share this. They, it's kind of like the deal in Kansas City. They basically share a parking lot. Okay. So that was... The reason for why that game is kicking things off there early on. Uh, okay, let's see. I guess that's it. We uh, have hand-raised guys coming up tonight. A little earlier start time, sometime around 4.30 for that, I believe. You've got Pete's pigskin preview coming after that, correct? I'm not sure how exactly okay. we're going to put all this out. You and I are going to go live at 4.30. Um, I've got the butcher versus the dance instructor ready. I've got Pete ready. And then I'm got one more interview to do for the, I'm going to do one more extra edition uh, with, I've got uh, Mason Choate who covers Arkansas for rivals, uh, Tom Murphy, who covered long time beat writer, former colleague of mine. Uh, he covers Arkansas for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And then uh, Ben Mintz for a few minutes talking about his thoughts on this game and some NFL stuff. So an extra that, I think I'll run after you and me. I just haven't decided sort of how I'll put it because I need to go back and Pete and I went a little over an hour, but I need to remember how much over an hour we went. Okay. So either way, a lot of content coming your way here on the network, rebelgrove.com. In the meantime, a lot of threads going there, including about a 250 post thread still going about the decision to let our Trey Harris to score a touchdown on Saturday. That is being a, hit in a lot of different directions uh here i, I you know i i was I, I said this in the thread i was really proud of it i'm not even making fun of anybody because you get completely from that thread why coaches just do the thing that feels right because it's you know what it it, it, it if you just do the thing that feels right no matter what like you're not going to catch the same level of whatever because that play comes down to nothing more statistically than what has a greater chance of happening you make an extra point essentially you stop LSU from scoring with 39 seconds left, a touchdown after a kickoff, or you run a play from the one 
after you've made them use their timeouts, and if you don't score, then you kick the field goal and essentially an extra point. That's it. All the rest is noise. There are three decisions, and you pick which one is the most or least likely to happen, depending on how you phrase it for it. It's, But there is this thought going around. Again, I, I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm really not making fun of, yeah, but that's illogical to how my brain works, so just do the thing that, that feels correct. Chase, Chase. Yes. The right thing is to go down, run the clock out, yes. and kick the field goal. Okay? Because yes. here's why. You left them 39 seconds, and it worked out. Yeah, sure. It worked out. But had they not had two illegal procedures, two things that as a coach you can't plan on, you can't go, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We can let them have the ball back because the, the left tackle and then the right guard, they're going to jump, Right. No, you can't plan on that. So they're at the 16-yard line. If they throw it into the end zone and catch the football, they get to kick an extra point to win the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, You're saying, well, we're going to definitely make our extra point. Well, they're going to definitely make theirs too. So go ahead and make yours and don't let them kick one. If if, If that game ends 56 to 55, LSU, we're still talking about it. It's all we're talking about. About we're, we're, We are crucifying Lane Kiffin for not running the clock better. We're, we're asking, is it possible that he just can't win the big one? Is it, is it possible that they're just snake bit? You know, that call in the end zone, then the fine comes down to yesterday. This is, this is the apocalypse on our site. If they, and as it was, from the 26, it was really close. He got the ball on target. Dejon Anthony made a good play. Yeah, sure. But it was still close enough where you can go, boy, that that was really close. That could have that could have been bad. That could have been like really bad. Where we would the conversation we would be having right now today is, yeah. Arkansas sucks, but I'm not sure Ole Miss is going to answer the bell. I'm, I, I, I'm. What are they playing for? How do you even get back from that? So yes, the right thing, analytic thing, was absolutely to fall down at the two yard line, make LSU burn their timeouts, take two knees, take two knees, run the clock down to two seconds, snap it, hold it, let Caden Davis kick it, and if by some chance he misses a 19, 20-yard field goal, at that point you go. And frankly, I would have run it down to like 10 seconds in case I fumble the damn snap, I can fall on it and do it again. Maybe so. You know what I mean? I'll be honest. I wouldn't want to give him one play. (laughs) I snap it, kick it, and if he happens to miss it or we bungled the snap, I just go, you know what? It It wasn't our day, but analytically it made no sense to give them the ball back and lane said as much again i've told i've said this three times now lane kiffin fell to his knees he literally collapsed (laughs) and it wasn't relief it was oh shit what have we done yeah (laughs) to the point that he called timeout on the two-point player to go okay we've already screwed this up so let's not run the risk of screwing something else up. Whatever we do, we can't put the ball in the air where they could all only need a field goal. It I might think, be the most upset he's ever been when his team has scored a touchdown in his career. It's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's no doubt. He 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 
he was so upset about it that I think because I think if he had a do over, they would have just taken a knee on the two point play. Yeah, nothing can go wrong. No fumble, no nothing. But he was so upset about it that I don't think he was thinking clearly. Because I asked him, like, what's going on in those last thirty six seconds? You know, kind of it took a minute. He's like, yeah, it took like thirty minutes. It, it was it was awful. I mean, he kind of yeah. walked you through all the things that he thought about, all the scenarios, and he was like, that was going to be really hard to live with. I mean, I can only imagine what was going through his mind on LSU's first down play where the dude runs 40 yards down the sideline, and it looks like he's just going to run. He's just going to score. I mean, He's just running. It's like Forrest Gump, <laughs> just running. And and I'm sure Lane Kippen was watching that going, my life's over. Uh, I mean, that's the, this is, this is it. This is, this is punishment for everything I've ever done wrong. This is, this is God punishing me right now, right here in front of this 66,000. Ron people. Thomas or whoever it was just scampering down the left sideline. Just running, just running right in front of him. I mean, he, he was looking at him, just watching him go. Yeah. And I mean, he, and then, you know, then they, they get the horse collar, which was the right call. And I'm sure at that point he's thinking, well, it's over. I mean, we're done. And this is, this is torture. John Baptiste drops the ball. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm sure at that point he thought, well, I mean, now, now they're definitely going to score. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then they got the penalties and backed up and Ole Miss made the play and all that stuff. But no, the right thing, absolutely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt was to kick the field goal and win the game. Yeah, I'm in sure that I'll, instance, get, it, I'll, I'll get attacked the on the message board. board by this the one poster who doesn't understand it, and that's fine. Go for it. I'm, it's cool. Um, but know that if you and me and Lane Kiffin were sitting in the room together, you would be in the minority. Yeah. So Lane would Lane would begrudgingly look at me and go, "Yes, he's exactly right." Yeah. All right. All that is coming up, Rebel Grove, on the. Uh, Podcast Network as well. Again, Ole Miss and Arkansas Saturday, 6.30. As soon as the game ends, we'll have a post-game show presented by Dead Soxy there to recap the Rebels and the Razorbacks from Baltimore Stadium. So have a good day, and we'll talk to you later on.